Reminder, this podcast does contain themes around mental health. As a disclaimer, we are not therapists or medically trained professionals and urge you not to rely upon any information contained in the podcast as a substitute for professional medical advice. Funny you should ask. Something that I am trying to work on um, is be that, is not be, I guess, like how your dad handles it. Um, when somebody is trying to talk about their mental, um, their mental state, their mental state, their mental problems. None of those are the right words, but you guys get it. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, well, I said that, but I don't feel like, I don't know. But anyways, um, so... That is something I am working working on just for myself because I do feel like a lot of times, like I want to get into that um, comparison, like conversation, and be like, "Oh yeah, that resonates with me," and this is why, blah blah. But then the conversation turns to me, and um, and it's it's not about me in that moment; it's about them. And um, as somebody like me, I'm very forgetful of like. You could have just said something like five minutes ago and I've already forgotten it. It's just brain trauma. Good, good stuff there. Yeah. Um, so like I, it's just part of who I am. Like I, I, I've done a lot of work on it. Um, but yeah, so playing devil, devil's advocate, I, I'm not part of the generational divide, so I can't relate in that sense. And I can't relate in the sense that, um, that's not the way I was raised because I was raised to be aware of people's mental health um, and people are their own individual selves. But I will say I did have a very um, selfish mindset growing up. So that is something I'm working on. So in that way, I say give grace to those who are unsure how to approach those conversations. Um, and, and like Piggy said, like, I think that's great that you, when you do have those conversations with somebody, you, you try to set the tone of them and let them know what you need. I think that's, that's a smart, smart thing that I'm going to take away with me from this conversation. Cause like, maybe I've tried that, but maybe I haven't thought about trying that enough. So love that. I think too, it's easy to, to feel like that can be weird, right? Like to, when you join in a conversation, it doesn't feel supernatural to be like, Hey, by the way, like, I want to talk to you about some like pretty deep stuff. But like, before we do that, like, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm, I'm kind of need in this space. And like, give them a chance to say like, if, if you can't do that, or if like, you're not comfortable doing that, like mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, it, it feels really awkward and like stilted at first, but I feel like just being vocal about those boundaries and like respecting them. If someone else comes to me and says like, Hey, like I want to help you, but like, I just feel like I can't or like, I don't, I don't have the space for that. I don't have the bandwidth for that right now. I think that's, that's something that in real life is important, but also in like online friendships and like online sort of interactions. I think that something that I've talked about with a lot of friends, especially streamer friends recently is like the concept of like trauma dumping on Twitch. And like, at what point do you set that boundary for yourself of like, what do I share with my community? What stuff do I not need to share or like feel like I want to keep to myself? And then on the reverse, you know, what can I be there to like empathize with and, and try to help with for viewers or for community members? And where do I have to put that line down of like, hey, I, I really want to help you. I'm really sorry you're going through this thing. I don't know if I'm the best person to address this or like something's going on in my life. I, I can't carry that emotion right now. And, and it feels hard to even have that conversation, right? Because I don't see myself as like a cold, unfeeling, like, I don't care how you're feeling, just watch my Twitch stream. Like, that's insane. I, I would never feel that way. But I know with me personally, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in my life and a lot of things that are really tough in my life that I don't share online. You know, I do share some of it just to keep people in the loop, but there's a lot of it that I don't. And it's hard for somebody coming in who might not know me in my real life or might not talk to me about this stuff to see me being happy and being super open on stream and then tell me like all of this horrible stuff that they're going through 
And then I don't, I don't really know how to respond. Like, I'm kind of curious if, if either of you have kind of butted up against this in like online friendships, online relationships, or Piggy specifically with like viewers, chatters, people who come into discords, who come into things, who are looking for just somebody to connect with and knowing how to best help them, but Um, also to best like take care of yourself, I guess. I mean, I definitely (laughs) have experienced that in like streams, but also like, I'm just a person that doesn't naturally know how to respond to people's emotions well when they are like telling me about their problems. Like I want to say the right things and I don't know what to say or like, I don't know what the right things are. So I try not to say anything because I don't want to mess up. Um, But with regards to like a stream, I think, I think the best thing is to be honest with the person. Like if I, can't talk to them about it it's not going to be malicious there's someone out there that can talk to them about them it's just not going to be me in that moment and that's okay there's a million people in this world there are so many people and like that doesn't need to fall on your shoulders if you aren't able to help them in that moment so i try not to feel bad in that way but it is does get kind of awkward like (laughs) they see you read there or they see you read their chat and like you don't automatically respond um i think that's where like maybe moderators can help with that or you can just have like an automatic topic list of things that like maybe in this stream you can't specifically handle right now and you could just list those in like a a chat thing that goes on every like 10 minutes and be like hey today i can't talk about these things if that's something you feel comfortable doing i don't know um that's just i i don't know i what do you think about that (laughs) i have no idea if that's bad or good i just i feel like it's come up so often in like our space recently and i think in like twitch as a whole and like online gaming and online friendships and i think there's a lot of people who feel very like diametrically opposed like one side is like you know you should be able to say whatever you want and like just people are just good people looking for connection and the other side of like don't tell me anything about your life i don't care and i think like neither of those are really good right because they don't they set either like two harsh boundaries or no boundaries at all and i found that like i really want the spaces that I'm in online to be supportive and to know that like, as a person, I care about you and I I want you to be, feel safe and feel supported. And I'm sorry if you're going through something really tough, but also knowing that like, I'm probably not the best person to help you. Like I can feel that empathy for you and, and want to help. But at the same time, I'm not a licensed, you know, mental health professional. I, I can't give advice that I feel like would be fitting enough to, to fix this situation for you or to significantly help you. I'm always happy to to listen if you need to vent and to, you know, to be the person that is like, hey, that that really is awful. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, what resources can I point you to? But I'm not a professional. And I think y'all I mean, y'all say that in the beginning of every one of these podcasts is that it's good to have these spaces where you can talk about these things and be open about these things and know that you're not seeking like an easy fix to your problem. As a person, I can feel empathy for you and want to help. And also know that I am not in any way, shape, or form the best person to help you with this. Like, if it helps you to vent in Discord or to send a message and just say, like, hey, I had a really crappy day today. Like, I'm happy to be the person who can tell you, like, hey, that really sucks. Like, I'm I'm really sorry. You're not alone in feeling like that. Any professional advice, though, I'm so hesitant to say, like, this is exactly what you need to do to fix it. Because I know in my own mind, I probably wouldn't want someone saying that to me unless they're my therapist unless they actually knew what to say (laughs) exactly yeah like they had evidence-based things that they could say to me that would that would hopefully help jen because you guys are both criers right yes um i always have a problem like doing any sort of conversation that's like somewhat emotionally heightened like if i'm like doing a meeting with my boss i'm crying because i'm just anxious about it (laughs) but i like want them like i try to start it off being like i'm gonna cry um it doesn't mean anything but i just feel like it doesn't work and they just feel like i'm fragile like you were saying your dad thinks of you as fragile or like they need to take extra care around you which is not the reason um i don't i don't know where i was going with this but i just 
know y'all can relate and I hate it. I just I just wish I didn't cry so much. <laughs> it's so frustrating, right? Like yeah. I, I it's crying has become such like a part of my life. And you know, sometimes it's like a tear here or there, and sometimes I'm like sobbing, right? Like there's yeah. there's a whole spectrum of of how crying I can be in one certain moment, but I, I just wish I could explain to people like this is not a reflection on like my stability or like my sanity or my, Mm -hmm. it's obviously a reflection of my emotional state, but it's also just a reaction. And I feel like the more therapy I've gone through, um, the more I've been able to trace back like my reaction to certain situations to things that have happened in my life. And I think that as much as like the depression impacts my life and my anxiety impacts my life, I really think that the thing that made things the most clear and honestly the most like understandable for me was starting to break down the components of like my PTSD. Because I think that like there are some times where I can feel like anxiety really rules like certain moments in my life or like depression really has an impact. But when I really think about count for count, the amount of things that will happen that I will then have like an immediate emotional reaction to, it's never out of nowhere as much as it feels like, oh, this just happens. I can sort of like analyze it and and be really analytical about it, which also isn't super helpful. Spoiler alert. I shouldn't just analyze all of my emotions and figure out where they come from. I should feel them. But that's a whole other that's a whole other story for a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> but I, I wish I could tell people from the beginning that like, hey, this is going to happen. And I your your automatic reaction is going to be to think that, like, I can't handle this. That's totally not it at all. But is there a good way to say that to someone, especially someone who, like, doesn't go through that and only cries at, like, big, like, horrible moments in their life? I don't know. I don't really know how how to explain that to somebody who doesn't, like, know me intimately or know, like, why this thing is happening. Like, easier to say to my partner than it is to say to my boss. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't think there is a way to explain it. Because if it doesn't happen to you and you are somebody who only cries during, I guess, sad moments, then you don't understand anxious crying. Um, You don't understand stress crying. Um, So, yeah. So there's not really a way to explain it. I will say there is this nice little relaxer out there um, that I like to take before public speaking because I hate public speaking. Um, That has helped me a lot. So I might... (laughs) let you ladies know about that you can ask your doctor a little link that we can ask our docs about yeah yes i will because it has helped now be prepared to basically zone out the whole thing you get through (laughs) it but basically you're just like yes um it's wonderful so uh just i'll i'll let you know it's it's game changing so i mean really doesn't help with conversations (laughs) but uh it helps get through it yeah i feel like the one thing that has helped a lot for me, and this is very, very niche, is the job that I do. Like, I talk to people constantly. And I feel like one of the comments I get the most from people who meet me or come into stream or whatever is like that I I have a very specific way of speaking and that I often can speak for hours at a time and not really run out of steam and kind of have this like formulated like, yeah, my brain jumps around from place to place, but like I can just talk and just do this. And like before I started working full time and seeing patients constantly and having to talk to like doctors and people who knew so much more than I did. And like feeling like I have to be on all the time. It was, I was a mess. Like I I was, you know, grad school was really tough getting, giving presentations, going up in front of crowds, doing group projects, like anything like that was really difficult. But I also fall into this spot now of like, I feel like so often like that person, like that version of Meredith that can get up and talk about these things and do these things doesn't always really feel like me 100%. Like, I feel like there is some part of my personality that like switches on when I have to talk to these people. And now I can recognize it more as like putting on, putting up this mask, right. And, and being this like totally put together. I'm like, nothing ever bothers me. And I can talk about this and I'm like totally fine with it. And then immediately getting out of that meeting or getting off stream or getting off whatever and being like, Oh God, like I just like completely blacked out. I don't even know what I did or how I got through that. I don't know. It's, it's something that I'm, recognizing more in myself and you know when people people talk about like the customer service voice or like the voice you have when you're on the phone i feel like i have a whole like aspect of my personality who does that kind of stuff like 
I, I talk to Alex about this all the time because I'm somebody who doesn't like parties. I, I hate going to parties and I hate going to big like groups and events. Even if I have a good time once I get there, the lead up to it, I look at him every time as we're driving somewhere, or getting ready to go somewhere. And I'm like, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. And he's like, why? You'll be fine. Like, you'll be fine when you get there. And then I get there and it is fine. And I talk to people and I have the conversations and I make the jokes and I do the things. And then I come home and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like so drained. And I, I was talking to Alex about it and I was like, I, it's just exhausting. Like I have to think about like, okay, if somebody talks to me about this, I have to talk about these things. Here's a story that I can tell. Here's something that I can say. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you know, like when you go to like a big social event, you have to have like all these things prepped to like talk to people about and like gamify how you talk and interact with people. He's like, no. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, so that's that's been a fun, a fun realization over the last last couple of months. I feel those same exact thoughts during any social situation. And my question for you is, will you be going to TwitchCon? Because that's something like Bree and I talked about and like everyone's talking about right now, like in Vegas. And like one thing that factors in is money, but also being around like-minded people that have the same wants in what they want to do. Like I'm not going to be staying up late, going places and partying. Like I need like my morning rituals and whatnot. Um, have you thought about going to that or like, does that scare you a little bit? It's been a big conversation in our house recently because there's a, there's a part of us that really wants to meet our friends in person and like have this time spent together. But, you know, both Alex and I have talked about this and, and, you know, we both have our own different sort of <laughs> neurodivergences that require different things of us, but we're both pretty ritualistic. We like to do things a certain way. We like to have our own separate space. Like the thought of like sharing an Airbnb, even with like our closest of close friends for a weekend with like 15 plus people that purely, truly horrifies me to my core. Not because I don't love my friends and want to spend time with them, but because if I don't have like my space where I can go to bed at a certain time in a quiet room with a fan and maybe a squishmallow, and then I can't get up and like have breakfast and just sort of wake up in my day. I, I don't really know what I would do. It's really, really scary to me. So our thought now is that TwitchCon will be happening just a couple weeks after our one-year anniversary of marriage. Um, we missed TwitchCon last year because we were getting married. It was a whole thing. And now that we've had more relationships with people and we want to meet them in person, we're considering doing a trip out west for our one-year anniversary and making Vegas like a one-day stop on that trip. So not really going to TwitchCon itself and like doing the convention and doing the floor and doing all of the things, but just being around the same place. So we want to hit a couple of national parks in the Southwest, um, being in the same place, maybe spending a day with people, being able to like grab dinner, grab drinks, meet everybody and not get fully entrenched in what it probably will be, which, you know, for most people is like Vegas and on the strip and going to bars and going out places and like staying up till 4 a.m. Like that's just it's something that I know in that moment, I would be like caught up in it. Yes, having fun, having a good time. I feel like it would really take a lot out of me. And I feel like that's hard to explain to somebody who was like so excited all three days, up all night, meeting and like hanging with all the homies. Like I, I want to do that, but yeah, it's also really scary. <laughs> I don't know what your your thoughts are, you know, for either of you either going to Vegas or, or thinking about being in the area during that. Money is probably the biggest factor and Alex is taking a work trip to Taiwan. We just don't know the week that he will be in Taiwan yet. So that also plays another role in it. But yeah, I think having like letting people know that they can still do these things, but not have to sacrifice their mental health and um, like who they are and what they like to do is achievable. It's just trying to like find that balance. And I think that's a really good example of finding that balance of like, you want to see all the people, but like, it's going to be exhausting for you to experience everything that has to do with TwitchCon. So kind of getting the best of both worlds where you go for, like, one day and visit just the people. Not even, like, having to do the TwitchCon experience. Um, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think I do well by myself. And I don't know if, like, Annette would be able to go. But, like, if, like, I had people around me. I don't know. Brie, what does it seem like to you? Like, yeah bit different i'm a person who well 
I don't like crowds, but I do love like going to like like concert events, like big concert events, which is kind of what I assume this is. Yes, I still hate the crowds, um, and I kind of stand towards the back, but I like to enjoy the panels and stuff. So I think I think if I know about it in advance, I can prep myself um, in advance, like mentally. Um, I would do a lot of mental prep work. Um, it's the same for when I take vacations, to be honest vacations stress me out which is really sad even ones where we're just going to a beach with family i'm always like oh my god outfits blah 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 we wear t-shirts the whole time wear a swimsuit like uh." um but i think if i can prep myself and i know what it is going into it then i think i can have a good time and survive but i will need a full week of recovery after like i will need to just veg out for forever (laughs) yeah I agree. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, I can rally, you know? Yeah, that you can but rally. But the money thing is a thing. Yeah, I can rally. But uh, then I will die. Gotcha. In, a, in, in my sleep. So, yeah. God, yeah. Don't bring back to that. <laughs> That's horrifying, and I hate that for you. <laughs> I have never experienced that. Yeah. And nor do I want to. It's It's not fun. It's not, it's not, it's, it's absolutely terrifying. And it's not always me who's like dying in the dreams. It's like a lot of times it's my older brother, which please don't listen to this, Josh. Um, <laughs> and he's in the Navy. So like the dreams I have of him are very like, they could possibly be like a reality. So like it, it's, and they're not hopefully ever, um, but like it scares me. So I don't know. Gotcha. But yeah. That's why I'm medicated, folks. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to me, that, Brie, that you bring up like concerts and events, because I think that is the one time where I can also do crowds. And I think it's truly because of the music. But I also think that like, and I think a lot of people had this experience. I don't think this is exactly novel. But before COVID, I was a big music festival goer. I had gone to Lollapalooza like several years in a row with family. I went to Electric Forest one year, which if you're not familiar, it's a music oh. festival in Michigan. Um, it's like all EDM music, but it's in the middle of a forest legitimately. And you go and you like camp for a week and you're in the forest until like four in the morning. It was probably the last, it was the last festival I did actually before COVID. Um, and it was also the last festival where I realized like, oh God, there are parts of this that like are really hard for me to do that aren't hard for the people around me. Like I'm somebody who really values my sleep and like values a bedtime Like, if I'm at home and, like, playing a video game with friends, I can stay up late. But, like, I can't be out past, like, 11 p.m. If I am, I'm just, like, fried. (laughs) Like, I just, there's some part of my brain, and even 11 is pushing it. And at Forest, we were sleeping in the back of a van. We were surviving off of, like, hot dogs and Pop-Tarts because we were in the middle of the woods. And we would get up at, like, like 7 or 8 in the morning and pretty much people would be up until like 4 or 5 in the morning that next day and then just like crash for 3 hours and after like 2 days of not showering, eating just random food, being out in the sun all day I hit this point where I was like I can't do this anymore, I can't do this anymore and I'm here for 5 more days and I can't do this anymore and like it was fine and I got through it, my friends were there with me but then COVID happened and now if I try to think about like going to a music festival my attitude has so completely changed. And yes, part of it's related to like health and illness and, and the pandemic. But a lot of it is just recognizing like now that I'm not constantly putting myself in those situations, I feel like I lost the ability to put up that front that was like second nature to me in a lot of these situations. Like I, I remember last year, maybe the year before now, my my brother who lives a couple hours from Alex and I was like, hey, let's meet in the middle Um, Like in Illinois, let's go Christmas shopping for mom and dad and it'll be totally fine. Like it'll be a weekend. It was one of the first times that like stuff was opening back up partially after COVID and after COVID in the middle of we are still in the middle of but quote unquote, things were getting better. And I remember Alex and I went to this mall and it was not any more crowded than a mall typically would have been like before all of this happened. And I like completely shut down like I couldn't get through the day. And I'm realizing more and more now like being out in public, being in crowds, being around all these people is not something that I'm built for. And I didn't, I don't think it's a new thing. I I think thinking about it, it's something that's always been true, but I had so many like 
fronts ready to go. So many like versions of Meredith who liked that, who engaged, who wanted to connect, who wanted to do these things that like seems really ingenuine now. Like it just it just feels feels not like me. So it's been an interesting couple of years to kind of be spend more time on my own, spend more time with like a couple of core people and really feel comfortable taking down some of these walls and and sort of shedding some of these masks and and not feeling like I'm just like faking this thing or, you know, that that this is, you know, me just trying to do this like brand new thing. I don't know if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a hard thing to even quantify because I don't feel like I was faking it back then, but now to try to do it again feels fake. Like it feels like that's not true to who I am. Like going to concerts and yeah. Like thinking about a big event like that, I now feel like I can't do that. And I don't know if, you know, back then I really, I did enjoy it. I I had fun doing it and maybe it'd be fine. Maybe I just have to try it again and I'm far away from it that it'd be fine. But the thought of it now scares me in a way that it didn't before. And I feel like I'm not as equipped to be able to just throw up one of these fronts and like go on with my day as I used to be. Maybe it's just because I'm spending so much time inside. (laughs) Yeah. I think it depends on like the people you surround yourself with. Cause I feel like I have experiences with like in college. I I know Bree's like, yeah. Yep. It's like who you surround yourself with and like the situations you're in. Like it feels more like easier to do those things. But like right now you're not around those people that go to those concerts. So that's maybe why it seems like really hard and you couldn't do it. Um, So I don't know if it's like you being just disingenuine. It's just the situation you were in then is so different from what you are now that it seems so far-fetched to even imagine that you would do such a thing. Yeah. I think too, like I've talked a lot about this with Alex because we've both kind of been, I feel like going through our, our own mental health issues. And like, since we've moved and we've lived together, like we've helped each other sort of realize like these things that we do that we notice in each other that when the other person brings them up, it's kind of like this light bulb of like, Oh, I, I do do that. Like, huh. That is, that is interesting. Like, Oh, you don't go through this. That's, is it just me? Like, that's, it's really weird. Like we keep having these moments where we do this all the time where I'll say, I'll, I'll see him doing something and I'm like, oh, do you not always like for one example, I I can't stand the feeling of socks on my feet. There's something about it. If they're not exactly right, that's my whole day. Like <laughs> if we're out somewhere and like I feel like a tag is bothering me or like my my jeans feel weird or like as soon as I come home, I like have to take my socks off and I can put like slippers on. I can, you know, whatever. And it was bothering me to a certain point. The other day I was like getting so worked up and like I realized I still had socks on and I took them off and I was just like, ah, wow, I just feel so good. And Alex just kind of looks at me. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know how like socks are constantly bothering you? He's like, no. I'm like, and I had this moment of like, do do you not always feel socks on your feet? Like, do you not always feel the, the, the fabric and the lines and the, he's like, no, honey, I, I don't. And I'm just like, (laughs) Mm. and and we do the same thing for him like i feel like the last two years we've discovered a lot of things that he does habitually that now i can see like hey this looks pretty hallmark to me of like adhd and he's in the process of getting like formally diagnosed for it but i feel like both of us have recognized enough patterns where we're like this is a thing you're going through and i think like to your point piggy like when you surround yourself with people who give you the space to like be who you are even if it feels like you're doing weird things or you're doing things that nobody else does. Like they just give you the space to do them without questioning them, without pushing you to be something else. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've uncovered more parts of myself that for a long time, I just pretended not to do or like pretended that I didn't notice because the people around me didn't do those things. Ugh. The thought of, I had just had the thought of socks on my feet and I got like a full body shiver. Anyway. <laughs> you know, my equivalent of your socks is the bed sheets. I get like, so worked up if the bed sheets are like not perfectly crisp and straight and no wrinkles to the point of like Neb has to like scoot over and wait for me to like get situated and then he comes back like, and I'm like still like moving my body because there's like these wrinkles. It's so funny that you say that every night I have this moment where I'm laying in bed Alex usually sleeps behind me and like comes up behind me to hold me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'll come up too fast and I'm literally just like, no, and he'll, he'll back off and I'll like situate my legs and I'll pull my like pajama shorts to a certain place. And then I'm like, okay, 
Yes. Me now. <laughs> it's just, it's so silly. And I don't know why it's just like, and that's never something I would have thought about before, but now I'm in this space with this partner who is seeing me within my own space. Like this is the first time in six years I haven't lived alone, like completely alone, no roommates, no anything. Mm-hmm. So it's been interesting to see somebody see me in my space and like help me kind of recognize these things yeah. that I need or things that I don't like and can then work around those and like help create a more comfortable environment for me that makes sense yeah i 100 percent agree and i think it's really good to hear that you've also had these experiences with the bed sheets or just in general um just from my perspective but i think listeners will also be able to like relate and i am loving this conversation <laughs> <laughs> learn so much it's always good when it's like oh it's not just me like that's i think sometimes the coolest moment of like you feel so isolated in something for so long and to just hear somebody else say like yeah i just get and and it's those little things like socks or like bed sheets or like food textures that like ruins my whole day sometimes and it seems so silly like rationally my brain is like that's so silly why why are you so upset about this like it's fine you can go about you can fix your sock or take it off and go about your day and i'm just like so frustrated i'm like so overwhelmed and overstimulated like i'm recognizing that now times in my life and thinking back now growing up moments where i was just like so incredibly emotional or i would have this like this little thing would just set me off and it turned into this huge fight in my house and i felt just nuts because I didn't understand why I was like so upset about something. It was something so little. And now I can recognize like I was already in this state of like overwhelm and overstimulation. And one little thing just like took it over the top. And everybody on the outside was like, whoa, Meredith just blew up. Like, this whoa, she's thing. so unstable. Yeah. But it was oh, this little thing. Like, oh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something, something from my childhood and something that like my family still does. And I just can't bring myself to try to handle is I don't like the sound of cutlery scraping on plates. It like just chills me to my core. Like it's just something that ugh, I can't can't handle. And it's always been a joke in my family. Like we'd be at dinner and it would accidentally happen and they could see me like mm. and then it's like a joke like oh ha ha and then they'd scrape 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 and I'm just like uh-huh ha 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 like I'm in on this joke. Like it's just it's it's hard now to look back and to try to see these things that in the eyes of the people around me were totally harmless and like just silly jokes. I, my family and I are are very like snarky and we banter and we joke and we make fun of each other and like, it's fine. But there's some things that like, to me, weren't jokes. And to me, are a little like, like, yeah, like little sticking points of like, now there's this running joke of like this time that like Meredith just like got overwhelmed and just like freaked out over nothing. And like, I know in my heart that this is just like, like, I think I kind of told you, Piggy, like a scab that isn't really healing and it's just going to keep getting like picked at and poked at. And it's hard to try to like retroactively heal things while I'm actively trying to heal current things. You know, it's it's too much on one person's plate, but that's why we take it one day at a time, one thing at a time. And I, I think I've come to terms with the fact that there are going to be some things in my life that I'm never going to get apologies for or closure on and i've had to sort of like come to terms with that and then create my own closure from that i I think a lot about the relationship i had through most of high school that was incredibly incredibly toxic and like an incredibly tough thing to go through go through from like 15 to 18 and it ended super abruptly and nothing ever changed like without you know spending six hours getting into it i was dating this guy for a long time It was a really unhealthy relationship. It ended really poorly. He was afraid of me revealing this big secret of his, which I wasn't going to, but to just double down and make sure that nobody ever believed me, he totally ruined my reputation. Like any horrible thing you could think of that I would have possibly done, he made up and told everybody. And I went to a small private school. I lived in a small town and it got to a point where I lost everybody except like three people that I have still been friends with the rest of my life. And I just kind of didn't get that closure and and didn't get any apologies. I mean, I got apologies from people like, I think my most recent one was like two years ago. Somebody like reached out to me on Twitter and I was like, Hey, like I've known so-and-so for like a long time now. And like, he did some like really awful shit to this friend of mine. And like, 
you know, it all, it all makes sense now. And I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, okay, like I, I, I wish I could, you know, take that away from you. And I, I wish you didn't feel bad about the things that you did or like the things that happened, but like, I've had to move on. I can't continue to let this eat at me. Even if it means that someone's not going to apologize or somebody's not going to recognize the bad thing they did, like for my own health, I've had to just like close chapters that weren't fully written. And that's okay. Like, I think it's okay to to move on from those things, but it's hard when you have some of that attached to like family or longtime friends and yeah. you see them still. And like, there's no way for me to go back and say like, hey, remember when I was such and such age and this thing happened? Here's what it actually was. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way to do that, you know? Yeah. They're going to call you as like dramatic or. Exactly. Exactly. Like dwelling on the past or digging up. Overthinking things. things. Like, yeah. Why are you bringing this up? Like, it, we didn't mean it. It wasn't that serious. And you just have to kind of like, okay, like, w- we're never going to have the discussion that I would need to have to feel like 100% okay about that. And that's okay. Like, that's, I think that's part of part of the healing process for me has been just like understanding that there are some things that I have to work through myself, even if they involve other people that I still interact with. And just like let the situation kind of go with grace a little bit and and just keep moving forward and then be more clear with those people in the future of like, Hey, when something comes up, I'm not going to just like let it go for 10 years. Like I'm going to say something. If some, somebody does something that upsets me, even if that's a hard conversation, because it's going to save me so much more hurt in the long run to just say like, Hey, I know you probably didn't mean it, but like that thing hurt me. And you know, I, I wish we could talk about this or like get, get to the core of like, why this thing bothers me. And then maybe it doesn't happen again. Yeah. I'm not good at it, but I'm trying. <laughs> well, you can only control what you can control. So yeah. you can't control other people. You can't change the past. So you just got to keep going. And as long as we're like working on ourselves daily, that's all we can do. We can't, we can't change other people's mindsets, unfortunately. Um, and nor should we want to, I shouldn't say, unfortunately, we should, we shouldn't want to, if they can't learn, um, or grow from things that may impact people around them negatively, then maybe those are necessarily not people you need in your life, you know, or you need to have that strong of relationship anymore with your life. It's harder. Um, of course, easier said than done. And it's a lot harder if it's somebody very close to you or a relative. Um, but sometimes actually all times putting yourself first um is what you should be doing and concentrating on your growth um just day by day moment by moment and i think the hope is that by telling these people like you know going forward being more upfront when saying like hey this thing upset me like i want to talk about it i've had some conversations with some some family members and you know people in my life where i i have been more upfront about that kind of stuff and you know it's been kind of a running thing in my family extended and immediate that like, if something bothers you, you don't bring it up and it just kind of festers. And like it, again, it sits right here and I've seen it like literally tear apart relationships between family members of mine. And it's horrible. Like it is one of the greatest sadnesses of my recent years is seeing something so little go on for so long. So I'm hoping that by saying like, even if it's some, especially if it's something small, just like, Hey, I know when you, you talk about this or when you say this thing about me, like you don't mean it to hurt me, but it does. And, you know, I want to, I want to just, just let you know that like, I'm not mad at you. I'm not looking for you to fall all over yourself and fall on your sword and apologize to me. But I just want you to know that like, this is how this thing affects me. And I think at least in the short term, it's been helpful with some of my immediate family. When I talk about like my emotional state or like, my body, my body image, like to ask people like, Hey, whether it's negative or positive, don't comment on my body, please. Just like flat out. And whether it looks good, whether you think it looks bad, whether you think it's changed for better or worse, don't tell me. I probably already know. It's something that is super easy to do. And it's been something that people actually have listened to and like stopped doing. So I can't take back all the years where this stuff happened, but at least going forward, I can hopefully like have people think twice about the things that they say, not just to me, but to everybody around them. We can definitely you relate know? to that. And body image and like 
your body should not be the topic of other people's conversations ever, ever. <laughs> and it's really hard to change that. So yeah, you can just, I feel like I'm, I'm working so hard to try to even get it out of my own conversations with myself. Like a goal that I have for myself is not to like always feel 100% good about my body. Like I, I don't, I, I so often fall into this trap of like, I have to be so positive about every part of my body and like really love every part of my body. And instead I've started to try to opt for like neutrality. Like this is my body and these are the things it does. And if I want to change something about it, it's, you know, hopefully something that's helpful to me. Like I want to have more stamina because I'm tired of getting winded when I'm like going upstairs or when I'm running around at work Mm -hmm. or, you know, I I want to have more muscle because I want to be able to do things and lift heavier things and protect myself from potential intruders, which is totally nuts. But it's been kind of a constant challenge of like, how do I tell other people not to comment on these things while I'm also not perfect at that. And I think the long-term goal is like, again, we, I feel like we learn so much negativity about our bodies and so many like negative ways to see ourselves from like from media. Yes. But also like, at least for me, it was mostly like people that were very close to me and like adults in my life who had very negative views of their bodies, who commented about their relationships with food, good foods, bad foods, feeling bad, having to exercise to eat things. And again, not in a way that they ever thought they were teaching me to act this way, but like you absorb what's around you. And I, Alex and I both have a goal of like, by the time we have children, I want to be able to feel neutral enough about my body that I don't comment on it in front of them. And that I can teach my children that like, they can love their bodies and and feel really proud of them no matter how they look or how they feel. But that also sometimes it's okay to be upset by them. Like I want to try to not have my own issues leach into the lives of the people around me, especially when it comes to like raising kids and raising kids who love themselves and support themselves and believe in themselves and can look at me even as their parent and tell me if something that I did is affecting them. So I feel like I didn't always have that. I felt like I was really afraid to kind of like do anything different or like to call out, especially family members when I was younger of like, Hey, this thing you said made me feel weird. Or like, I'm upset by that because you know, they're the adults and like, they're probably right. And I'm probably just being a sensitive little kid kind of a thing. Yeah. It's a long term goal. We'll see if we ever get there, but that's, that's a goal that I definitely have for myself to not be a hundred percent healed, but to be in a good enough place where I can not pass these things on to the people around me and, and work on them for myself and also for the people that I interact with. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's one of the topics we've added to our list during our conversation is like the generational divide and like generation above us, our generation and then generations like coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad you touched on that a little bit yeah. because we definitely want to talk about that more in a later episode. So um, I think yeah. it's a, a huge thing, especially because even within our generation, like how how our interaction with like the rest of the world has changed and how much more content we're exposed to and like different people we're exposed to. Like, I feel like the subliminal messaging, you know, not in a conspiracy theory way, but just in like the things you take in every day that you don't really think much about, but like your brain remembers and like internalizes are so detrimental. So I don't know. And I think in my own life, I've had, there's two generations between my parents and I. My parents are late boomers and I'm Gen Z, I guess, technically, like cusp millennial Gen Z. Um, So there's a really big gap between how I think about things and how the world has taught me to think about things versus like how my parents think about things and how they tried to teach me to then think about those things as well. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... It's so different for like their generation and ours on what they've experienced and like walking to school 10 miles in the snow. Whereas we have like so many different both ways. <laughs> of information coming at us from every angle. So it's interesting to like see how that's affected everyone. Um, but I do want to go ahead and start like wrapping it up. And because we've had Wait. such a great conversation, I think this will be ended up broken into two parts yep um again i'm no, oh sorry gosh, for don't for apologize on it gives us good, <laughs> one good conversations all the topics uh you touched on were great and it's great to get to know you more meredith because i didn't really you know 
know you outside of like your stream. So it's kind of nice for me at least. And that's so funny because I, I think you guys that. are both I'm... so similar to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you haven't made like that connection yet to each other. So I'm really glad we did no. this. I'm excited to, I would love to continue to play Absolutely. Fortnite with y'all if you're willing to watch me as I struggle to get 100%. good. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that's something I, I want to do more of this year is like take the relationships that I've had with people online and move them into more of an offline space. Like I, I, I think it's great to be able to support people on stream and to hang out with them and play games with them and collaboration and things like that. But I, I'm missing more of that like offline communication. And I mean, it's obviously all still online because we live all over the country, but <laughs> um, just having a space where we can get to know each other more because I think we're a lot more similar than we are different on the whole. And like the people who are drawn to some of the spaces that we've sort of engaged in and create really often do have a lot in common from like in, in, in wild ways that you like wouldn't expect just from, you know, seeing them for 20 minutes playing a video game. So this has been super Thanks. awesome. Um, so where can our listeners find you on social media? And do you have any like upcoming Honest. projects, anything coming up that you would like to plug and let people know about? For sure. Um, I'm Cherry Mare on Twitch. Um, Mare, M-E-R-E, the first half of my name. And on Twitter, I'm Cherry Mare Games because Cherry Mare is taken, which is a little tragic. Um, in terms of upcoming stuff, honestly, I feel like I have been taken stream just kind of one day at a time. We, we've had to take some unfortunate longer breaks with stuff happening in life. Um, my husband and I have a lot of projects kind of in the works. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll probably catch wind of those. We have a, uh, a podcast that's kind of in in development currently so that's super exciting for us but it's all talking about like movies and anime and and content like that because we can nerd out for hours so more information forthcoming but yeah it's just it's just nice to catch more people on stream i'm hoping to be more consistent with it i'm starting a a pretty tough game these next couple weeks with elden ring so you know if you want to come watch me struggle through it i I would be more than happy to have you It's I know be rough. I'm a little it, nervous. Like, from start to finish, so I'm kind of excited. I think I probably like want to follow the progression because I don't think I'll ever play the game myself. Yeah, exactly. I think that's part of like what's watching streams is hard for me is like when there's a game I really want to play, like Stray. I like have to lurk because I want to play that one day and don't want to spoil it. But I don't think I'll ever play Elden Ring. <laughs> You should definitely play Stray. I just finished it last week, I think, after putting it off for months, (laughs) which is just the story of my streaming career is doing a game once and then forgetting it exists for eight months. Um, So good. So much fun. Yeah, I never thought I'd play Elden Ring. Um, My husband is a big Souls game fan. One of our cats is actually named after a Bloodborne character. And uh, I just I was never a big fan of games where you kind of have to, like, bash your head against a wall in different ways over and over and over again. And then one time you're going to do it better. And then the next time it's going to be even better. And eventually you'll win. Like, I just got too frustrated. And then I played Hades, which is basically that, but with hot people and uh, really loved it. Really kind of fell in love with the game, got addicted to it, beat it in like four days. So we're we're trying out Elden Ring. We're going to see how it goes. It's beautiful. I mean, I've I've played it. I played a couple hours. My brother has been just absolutely on me to play it for like a year and a half. So we're finally doing it. We're going to see how it goes. And I'm hoping by the end of it, I'll at least be a little bit better at it. And then I'll have had fun getting to know the story. So I we'll see. I am interested to see you play it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard one, I've heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll be it'll yeah. be fun. But it'll be a challenge Thank all the same. Thank you so much for chatting you. with us. It's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, for having really me. good conversations. And I can't wait for everyone else to hear it. If they're listening to it right now. Me too.